listening to the B-Fox and B-Frank show. In less than a week, we will have a bracket and March Madness will soon follow. Um, I am beyond excited. The The brand change on Twitter has happened. I am only a Gonzaga supporter. That is that is what I will be for the month and uh, excited at the prospects of a national title for the Zags. Yeah, we, we could really use it. After the year we've had, uh, both literally and figuratively, a Zags title at the end, coming down the nets to end the Virginia reign of terror would be phenomenal. Be something. Um, but in all seriousness, we are getting into the Power Sixes conference tournaments later this week. Some have already started. If you are a team as bad as Duke, you have... Uh, You've already started playing in your conference tournament. We had a lot of uh, mid-majors and low-majors punch their tickets. A lot of upsets in the conference tournaments as we see every year. Of course, as we mentioned, the safety net of an auto bid to the NIT isn't available for one seeds losing um, in their conference tournaments. So I feel for them a little bit as there is a, there's been some carnage in the early going. There are a lot of teams that you really would have liked to have seen in the NCAA tournament went down early. Navy is one that comes off the top of my head right away as a team that I would have loved to have seen out there. Um, we have Elon making an unbelievable run through the Colonial right now. This is a team that I believe started conference play 0-7. Um, and, and they, or no, I'm sorry, they were 0-7 on the season. Um, but yeah, like the, many interesting games. Mercer made a hell of a run in the SoCon only to get cut down by the buzzsaw of UNCG, who, as we know, has been a very good program for numerous years. Um, and then the dream game that everyone's hoping for, App State is in. They look like they're going to be a 16 seed. Uh, if the committee the committee doesn't pick storylines, just no. remember that. If they did, though. If they did, pairing them with a one-seeded Michigan Wolverines team would just be chef's kiss poetic. Like you, you have to, it's, it's been pointed out by too many people. I think you just have to acquiesce to the masses at this point and just, you know, go ahead and run with it. Um, but yeah, they'll find a way to disappoint us somehow, but yeah, a lot of, uh, a lot of top teams we kind of expected to get through Wright State, uh, James Madison, a couple more, um, coming up short Belmont, another gaudy one loss record and, and ultimately not ended up with, uh, with anything to show for it really. Mm -hmm. I, it's crazy to think about because I, I feel like we're always talking them up every season, but like Belmont hasn't done anything in the, in the NCAA tournament. And I always believe in them. It, every time I see them in a bracket, I will automatically pick them as an upset. It is for some reason, the, the results and the public perception of them is skewed in the exact opposite way that it is with a lot of America and Gonzaga. It, it just it yeah. boggles my mind sometimes. It, it's a great perception to have. Like No, it's, that, yeah. That's the team. You're like, yep, mark them down. They're, they're a sweet 16. That's that's my pick. No one's going to have them this year. I've got Belmont. But, um, yeah, J James Madison was another one you had mentioned. Drake obviously losing to Loyola in the Missouri Valley title game. We'll have to sit and see if uh, Drake can get the at-large bid. Ideally, they would, but without, you know, two of their best players and a couple extra losses towards the end of the season, I just don't know and don't really feel confident that they can get that bid. It's hard based on precedent, but it is kind of one of those scenarios where 
I and I think you and a lot of others would agree, I'd rather see a Drake team, you know, mid-major, but had a good season versus a power six team that's barely over 500 um, just yeah. sneaking in. That's uh, it's kind of what, what it comes down to seemingly every year, but we'll see. They're, they'll, they'll put Duke in before Drake or something, and I will not be thrilled. They'll, they'll point to Duke's blowout win over uh, Boston College early in the ACC tournament. It's like that's a, that's a real resume booster. Drake doesn't have that on their schedule. No. Certainly not. Went over Loyola? No, doesn't matter. Nope. Although, like, looking ahead, Loyola and Virginia are going to match up at some point in the NCAA tournament, and it's just going to be so painful for me to watch. Um, it's like... Does the total get set over 100? It's... I. It's going to be... It's going to be... It would be so low that, like, Everyone would hammer the under um, just on principle. Like you see uh, an over under set at like 101, and then the under will still cash easily. It'll be like 42 40. Much um, like the uh, our, our fabled Wisconsin Virginia games early in the season oh, every year. My God. Yeah, those are, those are unreal. <laughs> Looking like football scores. Um, but getting into some of the winners from. The week that was, I did want to touch on Virginia to start, um, not necessarily as much as what they did, although can't necessarily discount a, a road win over Louisville, but more so what that ended up accomplishing and thanks in part to what Notre Dame did as well. After roller coaster of a regular season, after us talking about the conference seemingly every week and how we had no idea who was going to come out of it, Virginia ends up winning the ACC regular season title. Um, but unlike Florida state last year, will now likely have to play games to be considered the ACC tournament champion. They won't just be handed that. Yeah. It's uh, I, you know, Florida state, right. As we said, it looks like it's theirs for the taking. They gave it right back to Virginia. Um, credit where it's due. The Cavs bounce back after a, a rough stretch there, three straight losses, and, um, and and got the job done. And Florida State had to beat a bad Notre Dame team. And I want to just reiterate, this is a bad Notre Dame team, and they just could not do it. Yeah, good for Mike Bray, um, especially as some people were starting to sour on him, even though really no reason to. Um, but, yeah, tough scene for Florida State because they – for much of the season have played like the best team in the ACC, certainly when they played Virginia head to head, um, but gotta, gotta make it count for the full conference season, which mm -hmm. is a, uh, is a theme in several conferences this year. It is. It really is. Uh, also wanted to give a shout out to Oklahoma state beating West Virginia without its two best players, mm -hmm. um, especially with how well West Virginia has been playing in the second half of the conference season, I think is especially significant. Um, Cade Cunningham was named the big 12 player of the year, which I did not really um, agree with as much, but he has been very good for them. Oklahoma state has, I think overachieved in a big way. And yeah, at this rate, it seems like they are going to be a tournament team because we still have not heard anything. So that that has to be a win. Yeah, I, I would say preseason, just given the roster makeup and the turnover and what we expected of Cade Cunningham, like a, a fair 
like anticipated season for them would have been close to a double digit seed in the NCAA tournament. You know, all thing, you know, all things remaining the same where there's no ruling from the NCAA. They just play their their regular schedule, all that, because it looked like the Big 12 was going to be good. And it, obviously it has been this year. Um, but there's so many new pieces and young guys that you don't really know what to expect. And uh, they have drastically overachieved, like you said, and, and Cade Cunningham has been a huge reason why. No, no surprise the number one pick makes a big difference, but um, we have seen number one picks in the past not make as big a difference on their college teams. Uh, ben Simmons, maybe. Yeah, he's the one that stands out. And I mean, you have to tip your cap to Mike Boynton, what he's done as well. Um, with with this roster but yeah I, I think we knew the big 12 was going to be good Baylor from the start was right there uh, as one of the top teams in the country but I think there's a lot of the conference that was a lot better than we thought it would be like Texas reached heights I don't think yeah we necessarily expected although one uh you know up and coming podcaster did pick them as a, his sleeper in the conference uh Oklahoma was better than expected for January, at least. And then they, they've come back to earth a little bit. But on the season, I think they reached heights that, that weren't really expected. And I mean, even West Virginia, especially after losing Oscar Shibwe, um, continuing to play at a high level and almost working themselves into conversation as a one seed. Um, I don't think anyone is really expecting the Mountaineers to be that good. So for Oklahoma State to play as well as they did in that conference is, is pretty incredible. And like, you can't, you can't rip it away from them at this point. Like it, it would yeah. be cruel and unusual to do so. So it is the NCAA though. So yeah, never say never. I Well, I will knock on wood, but yeah, I, I think I'm with you. I think preseasons, like you add a guy like Cade Cunningham to this group, you've got a shot. Um, but I think, making the tournament would have been considered a win. Um, even if it is a double digit seed, you're a 10 seed, you lose in the first round, pack your bags, call it a season. Um, still very easily could lose in the first round, but now there's momentum. There's actual expectations. There is a, a great season you put together. And now you can reasonably have some confidence about making a run um, deep into the tournament. So that's, that's a big change as well. 100%, 100%. And they, I mean, it. it's the thing that all the guys didn't get last year. It's Cade Cunningham's chance to show off on why he should be the number one pick or why it matters. I mean, look at look at what the NCAA tournament did for Ja Morant. Like, we all knew he was a star and he was going to be a top pick, but I think it just elevated him to another level because of how thoroughly he dismantled Marquette. Yeah, and I think that's really what got ripped away from a guy like Obi Toppin last year. Like, yeah. sure, he he's still a lottery pick, but I think he would have been a case where he gets vaulted into probably like the top three. Um, you know, if Dayton goes on a run, he continues to dominate as he had all season, but not everyone was, was probably paying as close attention to to Dayton basketball all the time. Um, but yeah, Kate Cunningham will absolutely have that chance now, or or should mm -hmm. want to jinx it? Should. Uh, we'll stay in the Big 12. Baylor, they lose to Kansas, not uh, the best game they have played, and then win at West Virginia in a tight one. Both of us were on the wrong side of that. Uh, Oklahoma State, they beat the team we just mentioned, and then Texas Tech, who has been very up and down, but obviously is still very talented. So uh, a tough schedule to close, especially coming off of that long 
COVID pause they had and, and four and one down the stretch is nothing to scoff at, especially with the big 12 title in their hands. Yeah. And that's, that's huge. And that's validation for, um, you know, Scott Drew and this program, um, obviously starting a very difficult position, but be able to bring home some hardware. And I think at its worst, the big 12 was the, the second best conference in America this year. Um, and to be able to dominate as they did, take a significant stretch of time off due to actual positive tests on the roster and come back, only drop one game all year. Um, that's extremely impressive and, and well-deserved. They they basically ran the table. Um, they were obviously not perfect from a one-loss perspective, but they were kind of at the, the top of the conference one of the top teams in the country at the start of the year, and they never really deviated from that. So very, very well-deserved title. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Um, and it's good to see because this is a team that was very much deserving of it. Another team that last year we didn't get to see in the NCAA tournament really have their chance to stamp a, an unbelievable year last season. Now they'll have the chance Obviously, they don't have some of the players from last year, but a big part of this core is obviously back. Right, and they are a team that, yes, they would have liked to have last tournament as an opportunity to make a run, but all things considered, it's not the biggest lost opportunity in the world because they were able to stay at that level and still be here. Like, a Dayton is especially pissed from last year. Yeah. Like, not to be that guy, but Seton Hall definitely be in that uh, position from last year as well. San Diego State, um, although they'll they'll at least be in the tournament most likely this year. Um, Baylor was able to, to stay at the level where they're not necessarily kicking themselves unless they just flame out spectacularly this year and don't do anything with the opportunity. But credit to Scott Drew for the program he's built and able to have them as, as one of the, the top teams in the country for multiple years now. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, now they got to use it. Now they got to use yeah. it. It's the time of year where uh, the, the records look great and the numbers look great, but single elimination tournament changes everything. It certainly does. Uh, the, the last winner I had from last week, kind of the opposite end of the tournament picture, Michigan State probably has played themselves in uh, by this point, courtesy of the massive win over. Michigan State on the last day of the regular seat or over Michigan, excuse me, on the last day of the regular season. Mm -hmm. um, had an opportunity earlier in the week, lost that one. Not surprising considering Michigan has been the better team for the entire season. Um, but to battle back and at least get a split out of that, and it, the significant data point is beating Michigan there. And like they don't lose any ground by losing the game earlier in the week, they gain a ton of ground by getting that win over what will be a number one seed. So Tom Izzo likely keeping the uh, consecutive NCAA tournament appearances streak alive. Yeah, it, it looks very likely at this point. I think any movement in the Big Ten tournament is just gravy. Um, they can play, they're almost playing for seeding. I wouldn't say they're, they're perfectly safe. Obviously, if this is March, madness can happen, chaos can happen. We've seen a lot of upsets already, and 
I mean, if you look at the Big East, there can be a bid stealer out of the Big East because this league has uh, significantly opened up, which I know we'll discuss shortly. But it looks pretty safe, or at least pretty good at this point for uh, Michigan State. They could expect to see themselves in the 10 or 11 seed range. Yeah, and there's they're opening against Maryland, um, so that's a good spot to be in because worst case, you lose that game. That's a tournament team you're losing to. Um, right. And then you get a win. That's a win over a tournament team. And then you you have a, another matchup against Michigan. So it would be hard for them to really damage their, their resume much, if at all, at this point. Um, so, yeah, I'd be feeling pretty good if I was them. And on a more specific level, it was awesome to see Josh Langford hitting one of the late shots to ice that game after the the up and down career he's had marred by so many injuries. Um, so it was a, a good win for good play for him late in his career. Tom is always trying to bring him back. He already said uh, for next year with the, the free year of eligibility. So very close to being the Big Ten's Perry Ellis. But if not, that would be uh, be quite the the last game to go out on. Yeah, 100%. It would be a – I mean, that that is a, a great moment, like it, something to point to as uh, the, the shining moment, if you will, in Josh Langford's career. Certainly. Um, so out of out of the teams that were really struggling this year, I think are the Blue Bloods or Blue Blood adjacent programs, I think Michigan State would fall in the latter category. They seem like they've righted the ship. Kentucky and Duke, not so much, but no one is really upset about that. No. I don't think. Uh, I, if if you gave people the choice of those three programs who you'd rather see uh, show some success towards the end of the year, I, I think it would be a pretty heavy Michigan State favor there. Yeah. Yeah, I would, I would agree with that. Certainly on this show. 100%. Uh, that was all the winners I had. I don't know if you had anyone else. No, I uh, I do not want to give a certain team any shine, so I will not. Okay. Um, losers, and you kind of alluded to this already, but Villanova very much limping into the postseason. Down Colin Gillespie, Justin Moore getting injured as well. Um, very, very poor timing, obviously, for a team that – has been one of the mainstays in the top 10 for most of the season. Lose those two guys, close the season, dropping one to Providence, who has really been struggling at times this year. And now there is just a lot of uncertainty heading into the Big East tournament. They do have the one seed, but it's hard to have the most confidence in the world if you're Jay Wright right now. Yeah, it's it's a difficult spot, and I mean this is this is really putting to the test the depth of Villanova, which wasn't or isn't, I guess I should say, a strength this season. They do have talented guys on the roster because, like you said, they are a mainstay in the top ten. But they are uh, they're in trouble, and that is the easiest way to put it. They are struggling at this point. Justin Moore, I believe, is out for at least all of the Big East tournament, probably going to be out um, or potentially out for the NCAA tournament, or at least the early rounds. Gillespie, obviously, with torn MCL, so he's done. 
but they went from like a dangerous three seed to a four seed that you think can probably get picked off by one of these mid majors or the chance for a team in the big East to just run over, you know, on a, on a good day and take maybe a quality win and, and potentially work themselves into the bubble conversation because there are a lot of teams that need a lot of help in the league. And this is exactly the time to get it. I think really, if you're Villanova, this is especially difficult with the timing. Um, you, you need a, a strong point guard to go deep in March. That's just a commonality we've seen out of, out of any champion really. And yeah. Couple that with you are having these losses right before the postseason is starting, not really giving yourself any time to really get used to the idea of playing without Colin Gillespie. I think that makes them even more susceptible um, to potentially getting picked off early. I think a little bit more so in the Big East tournament. I think they'll be a little more ready to play um, in the big dance and should at least have an easier first round opponent to potentially work out whatever kinks may still be lingering, but I would definitely be on upset watching in the Big East tournament. And yeah, that that really opens it up to a lot of other possibilities because right now I think Creighton is in and UConn has probably played their way comfortably in. Everybody else is, you know, right on the bubble or on the wrong side of it. So a lot of, uh, a lot of teams eagerly looking to hopefully have uh, – Villanova suffering early upset in that one. Yeah, I, I think, and it's tough because Marquette and Georgetown are probably the two hottest teams not named UConn in the Big East. And they are there. That's who UConn, or Villanova gets in the first round, the winner of that game. So you're getting a team that's already played a game. Maybe they're fatigued, maybe not. I've, I've heard many different arguments from these coaches, but we've seen teams win in the past, you know, the old Big East, four games in four days and ride that momentum into March, who knows what will happen here. Um, and then you've got like two of the most wounded teams waiting after that in Seton Hall and St. John's. So God only knows what's going to happen on the top half of the bracket there. But um, it, it looks good if you're, you know, the team that comes out on the bottom half. you got to feel pretty darn good about your chances. I think it's, it's pretty heavy tilt in their direction. Yeah, and I, I think a lot of a lot of love being shared to UConn right now, but could be a big opportunity for Creighton. They've yeah, they've underachieved certainly at times this year. Um, we probably expect them to be in a little better shape heading into the postseason. But yeah, I mean, Villanova is still very capable um, of winning this. It'll, it'll just be how quickly they can figure out life without Colin Gillespie, and that's right. It's easier said than done. Much, much easier. Um, yeah, they, they've got a lot of work to do. I threw Michigan in here as a loser um, just for their, their last, last week or so. It wasn't great when you get uh, massacred by Illinois and then drop one to, I'd say, your, your biggest basketball rival in, in Michigan State um, mm -hmm. when – they are having a down year. You, you're not even able to sweep them. That That's not great. Um, they are Big Ten champions, officially. Um, yes. Juwan Howard, coach of the year. But not, uh, not the best end of the season in terms of building momentum towards March, where they should still be a one seed. But 
really, uh, really compressing a lot of their losses right at the end of the season. Maybe get them all out of their system before, before it matters, you know, could be the spin zone. Yeah, yeah, that, that could be it. Um, I think it was like the first time we've really seen them look flat, uh, this season. And that could be just a sign of shaking off some rust some fatigue from coming back. There, there are many different things that can play into it. But again, like I said, uh, the single elimination tournament game after game, day after day really changes a lot of things. Obviously they're in, they're in very good position to get a one seed. Uh, so they should be playing uh, an easier path, easier opponents than, you know, someone down the seed line like a Purdue, but, We'll have to wait and see what happens with uh, Michigan in the Big Ten tournament. I think I think they need a, a good run to get a little confidence back. Yeah, that is a, a tournament they have performed very well in recently um, after having much worse regular seasons than the one they just had. Um, yeah. So there's some confidence that can be drawn from that. Um, one of the, the topics of debate online that has been thrown around is uh, – you know, especially with the way that the season ended for uh, Michigan losing to Michigan State on the final day, the the conference title that uh, was pretty quick for for the Big Ten to officially bestow on Michigan um, has been called into question, mostly by Illinois fans, um, but probably by some Michigan haters too, um, considering Illinois. Played their full schedule, um, finished 16 and four to Michigan's 14 and three with a, a head to head shellacking in their only meeting of the season. Um, do you think the, the Big Ten was right to kind of just stringently stick to what it laid out um, before the start of the season in terms of picking a champion? They don't, if they don't move the goalposts literally and figuratively for Ohio State. I think this is a no argument whatsoever. I think you lay out the rules before the season. You do your best to get as many games in. Illinois fans will say that Michigan was ducking them. I think that's incredibly laughable when you're talking about an Illinois team that had lost to Rutgers and Maryland this year. And then Michigan, who had one loss in Big Ten play the entire time, actively choosing to take a multi-week pause to slow down the momentum of their season because quote, they were afraid to play some teams in the big 10. That's a, that's quite the stretch there. I hope, I hope no one's hurting their back on that one because that is quite the distance you're going. Um, basically every league has used this win percentage dictates what, who is the best or who wins the conference title. That's what basically what was said across college basketball to open the season. And that's what we're going with at the end of the year. I can't be mad at them setting rules in place and then sticking with it. Yeah. And the, the thing that the only thing that really throws a wrench into that is, is the Ohio state football thing. Um, yep. Like it's obviously a bigger discrepancy if we're talking about, you know, Michigan went like eight and one in conference and mm-hmm. Illinois played like seven or eight more games versus the, the difference of three that it turned out to be. Um, I don't know. I I can I can honestly be talked into into either. I think with the uh, it, it's the same basic logic as the Ohio State um, over Indiana thing in football, and in that like they played head to head, 
and Ohio State won. So yes, even though it's not exactly following the the rules that were set forth um, before the season, like you can you can possibly see making a change, but like even that is not uh, is not the most rocky foundation to stand on. Um, mm-hmm. Or not the sturdiest would have been a better way to say that, but. Yeah, I, I don't know. Like Illinois was was the better team in the last month of the season, but it's a little bit of a slippery slope if we take that and extrapolate it, meaning they were the the best team the whole time rather than just having a little more momentum at the end of the season. Yeah, I mean it's it is certainly a recency bias. Yes, the head to head game should matter. Um, and it does because it counts as a game. Like you can't complain about Michigan playing the games on their schedule and then have them play the games on their schedule and and yeah. end up with a better win percentage. Like it it, it doesn't work both ways. So uh, w- would I have liked to have seen Michigan play the rest of their schedule? Absolutely. Who wouldn't want to see this team team play an extra three games? But that's not how it worked out this year. A lot of teams didn't get to play their full schedules. I mean, they are hardly the only team in the big 10 that did not get to play their full schedule. So uh, that's life. It happens. And I think Michigan has proven throughout the season that they were the most, one of the most deserving, if not the most deserving team to get the big 10 title. Yeah. And it's, I think it's especially frustrating when you look at how close it ended up being. You're talking about 80% versus 82 and a half percent in winning percentage. Like Michigan did not do its fans any favors in the Twitter discourse world um, when they dropped that last game to Michigan State. It would have been mm-hmm. a, a lot more comfortable margin. And um, there would, maybe, I don't know, maybe I'm thinking too highly of, of people online, but maybe the uh, the discourse would have softened a little bit and and people wouldn't be so so up in arms all the time. But again, it's not, we're not fighting about like, who gets to go to the Rose Bowl or who gets the spot in the college football playoff. You're both going to the NCAA tournament. You're both probably going to be one seeds. Just settle down and you'll still have your, your shot at the national title. Right. It's it. it regular season titles mean so little, especially yes. at the power six level. Like it, it's nice to have, um, but it really doesn't mean anything. Well, I would I would offer one uh, one stern counterpoint where it means the most, and that is uh, that is at Purdue. They will they will be the first to tell you that uh, they have won more Big Ten titles than anybody else, and since they don't have any national titles to uh, to fall back on, that is uh, that's what they're leading with every time. Just, just lovely. I mean, that, I mean, that's the, that proves my point actually further is when you yeah. don't have any actual success to point at, you point towards regular season titles. Yeah. Well, I would never purport to be a Purdue hater. I am honestly, mostly neutral towards the Boilermakers in general. Um, but just that's, that's the one school that comes top of mind when you say something like that. Yeah. Um, we are continuing on the losing path. Collectively, our alma maters have lost nine consecutive games. Don't care. They are dead. We are officially Gonzaga fans. It's okay. over. 
it is uh it's been it's been written off the the Archie train has been you know fully derailed and I'm honestly a little more confident that he'll be gone because like money doesn't matter buyouts don't matter those are just meaningless figures that you will find enough money to pay for like they're they're finding money they're giving Tom Allen the richest contract in the school's history for any sport so they're willing to spend money to make programs good um so get them out of there get somebody else and hopefully it's not so much of a, of a grind next year don't forget though indiana's a football school they are they are and i they're they're doing everything to to show that that's actually the case it's all they have to fall back on now is football soccer women's basketball baseball swimming yeah, so it's it's tough Hubbard times. Is nearly bare. <laughs> it's tough times. How do you survive? I don't know. I mean, Seaton Hall is at least still alive in that they can Brian very conceivably this, win the Big East tournament. This team is so dead; it's not even funny. Holy shit! They started off sixteen nothing against St. John's and lost by double digits. They were up by well, ten at halftime. Got outscored by twenty in the second half. That's not great, and yes, that's what Indiana like just did to Rutger, except not the not as quite an amazing start. So, feel for you there. But uh, just, yeah, it's just brutal. It would be, it would be um, less actually going back real quick to the conference tournament argument or conference regular season title argument. You don't see anyone complaining that Houston did not get the regular season title over Wichita State, 11-2 versus 14-3. It's true. Um, you don't see it. Geographically, we could be less tapped into Houston versus Wichita State Twitter, but yes, I, I think you're also still correct there. Just, anyways, um, back to... Back to uh, but I think part of that is just everybody hates Craig Marshall. Um, so it's good to see success without him. Plus, True. Um, that was a uh, that was a similar situation, I think. Um, or like reverse situation where the uh, the team who won the head-to-head yeah. got the uh, conference title too. But yes, that'd be uh, that would be an interesting thing to throw out there if you know any any Illinois people. Um, who, who would like to see some nuance of that situation. I'm, I'm sure it would be well-received. Very much so. Um, but back to Seton Hall. Haven't won since February 17th when they put together an absolute sleepwalker of a game against DePaul without uh, uh, Javon Freeman-Liberty and Charlie Moore, also known as their two best players. They have not played – like the first half against St. John's was probably the best they've played since they beat UConn over a month ago literally all they had to do was win one of these last four games and they would be in right now everything literally everything has broken in their favor and they couldn't do that indiana is kind of in a similar situation but yeah um no i i i hear you and obviously i'm not i'm not as tapped in on seton hall as i am indiana but just I, I would be less surprised if Seton Hall finds a way to go on a run in the, the Big East tournament, especially with uh, Villanova kind of on life support right now. Well, I we play well at Madison Square Garden. 
The problem is there is no leader on this team. This team has no, like, they're, they're so weak-willed. They're so mentally weak. They have absolutely no toughness. Once they hit one scoring drought, the game is over. That's it. They don't. They forget how to play offense, and then it's it's bad. That said, a trip to MSG could change everything. So, as much as I am very much out, they're pulling me right back in. Something in the water there. Uh, you got to keep the faith. Um, the last thing I will say about Indiana before we close is that, um, barring a win in the Big Ten tournament, which they have literally never done. This will be the second consecutive graduating class to never see an NCAA tournament and the second consecutive graduating class to never see a win over Purdue, which now, like, people around, I I feel a little bit for people around the program, people who have to cover the program, who, because Cal is too much of a coward to schedule Indiana, people have to pretend like Purdue is Indiana basketball's biggest rival and keep harping on that statistic Mm -hmm. um, because now it's just, once again, showing how in bad shape the basketball program has been under Archie. Um, You'd think so, that not great. Calipari would be knocking down the doors to get a game in. I mean, I guess this year would have been. Oh, you saw. Yikes! <laughs> but <laughs> this this would have been one to avoid for uh, yeah for Kentucky. But yeah, I don't know. Can't can't pretend to have much confidence in uh, in Indiana. Like, sure, Trace Jackson Davis would eat Olivier Sars lunch, but. The rest of the roster, I don't know. Yeah. So, yeah, hopefully there will be uh, better times ahead for both of us. I have no confidence. I'm I'm out of losers. Yeah, so am I. Okay. Um, Quick pivot to football. Um, Just an an all-around bad look for Kansas football um, is – Kansas and head football coach Les Miles have done the whole uh, mutually agreeing to part ways thing um, after misconduct during his time at LSU resurfaced, even though it was kind of already known by an alarming number of people um, to the point where if you're doing any sort of background check when you're hiring someone, I don't know how any of this gets missed. Um, But Essentially, former LSU AD Joe Oliva wanted to fire Les Miles for cause back in 2013. Didn't Mm -hmm. inexplicably as well let him keep coaching there until 2016 um, while all this was going on, um, sexual harassments um, from from Les Miles to uh, students and people around the program. Um, But, I mean, he's... He was fired for football reasons instead of that. Kansas didn't do its due diligence, hires him, and now he's gone um, with nothing at Kansas to show for it, and now you have interim head coach Mike DeBoard never going away. Just an unbelievable situation. Um, Three wins in two seasons, if I'm going to start on the football side before I get to the uh, disgusting human side. Three wins. I believe he was swept by Coastal Carolina in both meetings uh, that they played. He could credit himself as catapulting Chanticleers into the national spotlight with both wins. 
I wouldn't I go that far. I, I certainly tried. <laughs> yes. Um, and it it's good to see Kansas making the corrections quickly when I guess, I guess it's kind of like crediting the person who starts the fire for putting it out. Like do your job in the first place and this doesn't happen. Right. And that's clearly what we missed here. Like you can't keep rewarding people or, or keeping people like this predatory behavior and stuff like that near college students near people in general like they, these people need to be called out and and punished for their their crimes that's what they are they're crimes and the sooner we as a society forget the labels and forget whoever the person is and can just do it we're gonna be in better shape i i don't know i it feels like a soapbox moment but it's then again i feel like we're having this conversation every six months yeah, alarming frequency, certainly. And I think this is a situation where just everyone involved looks horrible. Like, I I think it'll right. be very difficult for Jeff Long to survive this um, with his job at Kansas. Because, I mean, this is just most basic. I mean, John Curran got taught, or no, who was it? Was it John Curran at Tennessee for the uh, Chiano hiring? Um, yeah, I mean, eventually, yeah. Um, like, but. Guys have gotten tossed for much less. Yeah, and I mean, there, there's already quite a bit of uh, frustration in the fan base with Long anyway, and that's only been ratcheted up further with this whole situation. So I I don't know if he'll even be around to to pick the uh, the next coach. No idea why you'd let him have another chance. Yeah. But then again, like when you look at it, who who the hell would want this job? Besides Mike DeBoard. You'll find you'll find somebody. Um like Les Miles was a uh, was a big name, certainly, and they they have it's one of those things where they haven't really had success with anyone, but they especially haven't really had success with uh, you know, more household names kind of coming back, like Charlie Weiss flamed out spectacularly. Yep. Um this was you know, from in the couple of seasons he was there, there was no uh there's no real improvements on the field, um, despite you know any any culture moves or initiatives that were trying to be started off of it. Um, so basically back to square one. Um, so I, I think you'll just need to find a uh, a young, hungry group of five or potentially even lower level um, coach to to kind of make the leap and. Uh, bring Kansas back to some respectability. Um, I, I think if you have honestly like a, a young FCS coach, I don't have a name at the top of my head, but um, there, there are people you can sell the, uh, the Kansas job on. I don't think that's the hardest thing in the, in the history of the world. It's, it's just going to be a daunting task um, once you get there. Yeah. I, I think you've basically got to be like, we're, we're willing to give you the time because we know what this is. It's also easy because you've got, you know, Big 12 facilities and Big 12 money to pay someone. So money talks. And I, I can imagine someone takes a jump for that reason. But like three names that I've seen on ESPN so far, Lance Leopold, Jay Norvell and Skip Holtz. And honestly, I think all three are in better situations where they're currently at. 
or can do better than Kansas. I think, yeah, I think Leopold is the kind of clubhouse leader right now, um, just in terms of, of public opinion. I think it's, if you look at the the state like today of Buffalo football versus Kansas football, um, yes, certainly Buffalo is in better shape, but I think it's one of those things where like, you know, the, the power five school is not in great shape, but the long run, you will have right. more of an opportunity there. It, it will be more sustainable than a program like Buffalo could be um, mm-hmm. best case scenario and money. So I don't know. I, I think that's, he, he's been a name on, on the top of uh, a lot of power five opening lists for a while. Um, yeah. So yeah, there, there is certainly a possibility that you could just continue to wait it out and, and try to find a better situation, but no guarantee that'll ever come. No. So. I don't know. We'll see, but yeah, not a, not a great look for, for Kansas and obviously not, not for less miles. So we will mm-hmm. not be seeing any more of him in college football. Or Dosaki's commercials. Yeah. Yeah. Um, lastly, before we close uh, brief recap, season six, heat check sim. It will not happen in real life, but Iowa won the national championship. So shout out to them yep. as, as predicted, we both lost in the first round. Um, so that was not great. No, it was, uh, it was not fun. Got 13 point ba- beat down by Wright state. And, uh, you had a, I can't even find your game. You know, I spent like six or seven. Six point loss to Washington. Yeah, that hurt. Not fun. That hurt. Um, but that's, uh, that's how it goes. I will be. I'll be starting the rebuild now. So I did not sign enough people in recruiting. So unless the transfer market goes as well as anyone has ever had it, I will be uh, taking a big step back next season. But I don't know. The SEC hasn't been that great. So there's there's still hope that I could still make the sec tournament at least we believe over here in south orange just so you know i know i know appreciate it if Um, i can get my guy back my team is going to be so stacked just don't go pro kareem come back for one more year he's still still weighing his options could uh could be persuaded by the the promise of a big east title and who knows how far of a run in the NCAA tournament without just lie through your teeth or whatever I have to do. Yeah. I don't know. Whatever is possible. Whatever. Yeah. Whatever is the best situation for Kareem that also involves him coming back to South Orange. Exactly. I don't think it's that hard. Um, um, yeah, but, but yeah, we we hit we hit home runs in recruiting, and uh, it's just oh yeah, you have the number three guy. Did you end up yeah getting him? Nice. So he's coming, he's coming home. I should probably figure out his name. Um, but it's just so hard to fill multiple spots in recruiting unless you are Villanova or yeah, Saint, Saint Joseph. Saint Joseph, yeah, Northeast teams only. Yep, that aren't Seton Hall, but yes. 
Sebastian Shaw, another Philly kid. We are just loaded with Philly kids. There you go. That's must be how uh, Villanova and St. Joe's are able to get so many elite crews. So they're just all from the area. Yeah. But yeah, season seven will will happen eventually. Um, but before then, it's going to be close to a full month of just real college basketball. As you said, next week, March Madness preview, because it'll it'll be getting started that weekend, um, all in the state of Indiana, even though the only team in the state that will be participating is Purdue, so that's super fun. Um, but anyway, like we said, we are still, once again, forever and always, a Zags podcast, so that will continue through the month of March as, as Gonzaga marches forward for their first ever national title. Um, and we'll talk about some other teams too. So make sure you, uh, you check back next week and throughout the tournament, we'll be uh, I putting up more content on our Twitter account at BFoxBFrankShow. So make sure you're following us there um, and we will be back with this show next week. <laughs>